And I'm ready to dive into God's Word today. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Before I get started, while you're finding Romans 1, it's in the New Testament. It's right after Acts, if that helps. If you're really smart, you got it on your phone and you just... There it is. Romans chapter 1. I want to introduce some special guests we've got visiting with us today all the way from Nairobi, Kenya. Pastor Mike Muthengi and his wife Dorcas, they are here in service. Where are you guys at? Stand if you would. We just want to welcome you. They are, there they are right here. God bless you. It is such an honor to have you with us today. Thank you for setting aside a time out of your busy schedule to join us. God bless you. We're glad you're here today. We met these folks when we were in uh, Nairobi back in 1st of June, I guess it was. And uh, precious folks, they are uh, actually um, missions pastors, a very large church. They're a very successful church in Nairobi. And they're passing through the States for a few weeks, visiting some of their churches here in the States. We're just really glad you're here. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you guys. Let's pray. Father, we ask you now to just open our hearts to hear your word, open our spiritual ears. That this is not just words and teaching from man, but it becomes the word of God, the spirit speaking to us today, that it bears fruit in our lives, that it causes us to grow in our faith and our walk with you. We'll thank you for what you do in Jesus name. Amen. As you know, we're in the series Believing Beyond, talking about the fact that the Apostle Paul said God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think by the power that's working in us. And it brings glory to God when he does God-like things in our lives. And in this series, I've shared three services or three messages already. We've had two guests during this series who joined in the series. But today is my fourth week in the series personally. And I want to just kind of summarize the three things we've talked about because it leads us to where we are today. First of all, we introduced this series asking the question, what do you see? As you look at your life, as you look into the future, every aspect, every area of your life, what do you see? And then the question extended a little further the next week, what do you see and how does God's presence in your life influence and shape what you see we talked about the fact that as children of God if, if God is involved in our lives if he's in us then our lives should look differently than it would if God was not involved in our lives so if we're going to believe beyond our natural circumstances we have to be able to see beyond so how is God influencing your vision for the future you can go back and listen to the whole message in the second week, we talked about abundant life. Abundant life. What is abundant life and how does abundant life come? It comes by grace through faith. God extends a promise to us that begins with salvation and then it goes on to every other promise in his word he's made to us. He extends a promise by grace and we by faith reach up and receive what God is offering to us. That's how we enter into abundant life and that's how we continue to live out and walk out abundant life and then in the third week i taught about the important principle of asking jesus on several occasions told us to ask 
Ask for the things God has promised. Ask for the things that you need. Ask for the things that you desire. Jesus told us to ask. He even went so far as to say the Father knows what you have need of even before you ask. But yet he did not say don't ask because God knows. He said ask anyway. It honors the heart of God. It thrills the heart of God when we, his children, ask for the things that he's promised to us. So we talked about the principle of asking. And in that message, the cool part was, at the end of that service, we asked together. We prayed together. We had a great time of prayer. People all over this building asking for something specific and then praying for those around them. We had a great Sunday that Sunday. We worshiped God when we, we'd finished praying, had a great time together. But now that we've asked, and, and I cleared up some confusion about asking, about what is God's will? How do I know how to ask according to God's will? We taught on that. We talked about why some people stop asking because they ask for something that wasn't a part of God's plan, that was selfish, and they didn't get an answer, and they got discouraged. We talked about some other things as well. We talked about having a right heart in asking from God. But today, I want to move progressively forward to what comes next. Asking, which we've done together, and then receiving. How many of you know it's two different things? Asking is one thing. Receiving is something different. The question is, what do we do between the asking and the receiving? Let's begin today at Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, look at verse number 16. Very familiar verse of scripture. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now pause here just a moment. The apostle Paul wrote these words. I'm not ashamed of the good news of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the message that comes through the word of God and from Jesus Christ. The message that Jesus brought to us, I'm not ashamed of it. He goes on to say this. For it, the message, the gospel, is the power of God that leads us to salvation. It is the message of the good news that opens our hearts and leads us to a place of faith where we enter into salvation. And he goes on to say, for everyone who, what? Come on, say it loud. For everyone who believes. There's that word, faith involved. For everyone who believes. It is the word of God preached that builds faith in us, that causes us to respond to God. And as we respond to God, it walks us into the promise that God has made to us. So Paul is laying this out. Now, look, if you would, at the next verse, verse 17. For in it, in the message, in the gospel, the good news of Jesus, in it, the righteousness or the rightness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Now think about this. He says, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are justified by faith. We are made right because of Jesus. But it says here, the righteousness of God is revealed. Our relationship, our rightness, our walk with God is revealed. How? From faith to faith. See, a lot of people misunderstand. A lot of people get confused and they think, well, faith is this thing that caused me to get saved and okay, I've got that, so now what's next? It doesn't work that way. We learn to walk with God 
from situation to situation, from faith to faith. Every challenge of life is addressed by faith. That's God's plan for us. Now, let me give you some thoughts here. Faith is not a destination. Faith is not an accomplishment. It's not an event. Faith is a journey. And God wants us to understand as his children, he calls us into this place of faith and into this journey. Now go back to verse 17 because I want to show you something here. As it is written, the just shall believe one time in faith. Is that what it says? The just shall live. How many of you, how many, let me ask two questions. How many of you are alive today? How many of you are living? About, about 85% of you. The just shall live by what? How many of you have faith in God today? Not just faith back there, faith today. Faith for the challenges of the day. The just shall learn to live by faith. So faith is not a destination or accomplishment. Faith is a journey that will last our entire lifetimes. Each of us is on a personal, individual journey of faith. It's a continual learning, growing experience and process. I've been walking with God for a lot of years. And I'm still learning and growing in my faith as I walk with God. And the amazing thing is, it is a privilege and a requirement that we, the people of God, learn to live each day by faith. It's a privilege and it's a requirement. We learn to live by faith. I believe it's God's plan. I believe it's God's will. I believe it's God's intention that we learn not just to live by faith, but we also learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. From the front row, let's start up here. From the platform up here to the front row, to the back row there, to the front row there, to the back row at the very top, to the corners of the building. God has called each one of us to live by faith and learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. I don't care who you are, what you are. God wants to lead you by His Spirit. It makes life better. And His Spirit leads us into a journey of faith that continues on and on and on. But in my lifetime, and I want you to hear this, in my lifetime of faith experiences, there have been a lot of them, no two faith processes have been identical. Each one's been different. And I learned to walk that out by faith. God wants us to learn to walk out situations, grabbing his word and his promises and standing in faith. But here's where we get in trouble. We get in trouble between the asking and the receiving. We struggle with that. So number one, there's a lot of confusion about faith. So what is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, let's take a moment here. There's two things in that verse that I think are really important. Faith is what? Substance. Substance. It means, the word substance in the original writings means it's the support of what we're hoping for. It's the essence of what we're hoping for. 
And it's the assurance of what we're hoping for. So I've prayed, I've set my heart and my hope on the promises of God. And, and in between the asking and the time it's manifested in my life, what am I doing? I'm standing in faith. But while I'm there, I already have this substance that says, God's done it. God's done it. I haven't seen it yet, but I've asked. I'm standing in faith believing God has done it. It's substance. But the second word in this verse is it's not only substance, it's also evidence. Evidence of what? Evidence of things we cannot see. So what it's really saying in the original writing is it's proof or it's conviction. Your proof and conviction, it's kind of like going to court. You lay out the evidence and the proof and then they make the determination based on the evidence. When you've prayed and asked God for something that's in his word and his promises, something he's made to you, when you grab that and you start journeying forward in faith, you have this substance and you have this evidence. I know God is going to do it. I know he's done it. It's in process. It's coming my way. I know. How do you know? Because my faith tells me God's done it. God wants us to learn to live by faith's substance and evidence. And let me say it this way. Faith is knowing you already have what God has promised even before your senses can prove it exists. Did you get that? Faith is knowing that you already have what God has promised even before your senses can prove that it exists. And one last thing about faith before we move on. Faith will always create action. Uh, you read from Hebrews 11.1, 1, it gives us a definition of faith. If you read the rest of Hebrews 11, there are all kinds of illustrations in there about men and women who did great things for God by faith. But each one of them, it says, by faith, so-and-so did this. And by faith, so-and-so did that. It never says they just believed. It says they did things by faith. Faith produces action. Faith becomes a verb in our lives. It produces action. It says, by faith, Noah built an ark. Do you know Noah? How many of you knew that Noah built an ark? Did you ever hear that story? God told Noah, build the ark. I'm going to destroy the earth with water, with a flood. <clears throat> Do you know how long it took Noah to build that ark? Over 100 years. And all those years, he had faith and he knew. This is what God said. This is what God's going to do. So I'm going to prepare for that. It caused him to do something. Abraham, by faith, left his family where he was living, moved away, didn't even know where he was going. God said, just go and I'll show you where to go. He did something. Later on, he offered up his son as a sacrifice because God told him to. He did something by faith. On and on it goes. There's Moses. Moses refused to be identified with Pharaoh's house. Instead, he took his stand with the people of God and said, I'll forsake all the riches of Egypt and all the power and authority and fame of Egypt. I want to stand with the people of God and pursue my God-given destiny. He did things by faith. So that helps us understand a little bit more about faith. Number two, look at Mark eleven twenty four. We talked about this earlier in the series, but I want to come back to it today because I want to show you a couple of things. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says this. Jesus said, therefore, I say to you. How many of you think Jesus knew what he was talking about? You kind of think he kind of knew. Whatever I, uh, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you 
ask when you pray, believe, believe what? Believe that you receive them and you will have them. Three things in that verse. First, he said, ask, 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 ask. We had a Sunday where we asked. Some of you have already received what you asked for. Some of you haven't yet seen it manifested. Ask, and then second of all, he said, believe that you receive what you ask for. What comes between the, the asking and the receiving? Us learning to stand in faith and believe. But here's the thing. You don't just believe God. Well, believe God is. I believe he is. I believe We believe that we receive what we've asked for. This is the process. This is the part of the journey that most of us struggle with. Because if things don't go quickly enough, we get confused, we get discouraged, and we give up. Jesus said, ask, and then you believe that you receive. And then number three, he said, you will have them. Literally in the original writing, it says, it will come to pass. So look at this process. Faith is a process. Every situation is a process. We get so locked in to the clock that we miss the purposes of God. Because for us, it's all about the clock. Okay, God, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry, hurry, hurry. It's been five minutes already. It's been two days already. You know, Abraham waited 25 years for his son to be born. Noah waited 100 years for the rain to come while he built the ark. There are stories all throughout Scripture. I'll refer to one again later. Where people waited because it wasn't about the clock. It wasn't about that. It was about God's purposes and God's process. And the timing of God finishing the processes where that answer came in due time. We get confused about that sometimes. Ask. In the middle, believe that you receive them. And it will come to pass. That's what Jesus said. Now... Understand, to really ask correctly, it takes faith to ask. You don't ask God for things you don't believe he's going to do. You just don't do it. You ask for what you believe he will do. It takes faith to ask. It takes faith to let God work out the process and bring the answer into our lives. It's challenging, especially when time gets involved. But it takes faith. But then it takes faith to reach up and receive what God is giving us. We will never be separated from the life of faith. A lot of people pray, oh God, set me up in life where I don't have to have faith and believe you anymore. God's not going to do that. He doesn't do that. He sets us up so we can live by faith and see him do amazing things. Now, number three, I want to really address what we should do in the middle of this process. Between the asking and the receiving, when I'm in the middle, what should I do? Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, I know from my own, my own experiences, I know from dealing with people, people get discouraged when they're in the middle. So I'm going to give you four things in the next few minutes to think about. Four things that you can apply to your life that will help you while you're between the asking and the receiving. All right? Four things. Number one, hold tight to your faith. 
Hold tight to your faith. Now, you know, I told you earlier on in this series, faith is always built upon a promise. If you don't have a promise, you don't have real faith. Faith is always built on a promise. Because there's DNA of faith in the promises of God. God gives you a promise, he attaches faith to it. To, to grow you, to keep you moving forward. So number one, hold tight to your faith. Look at Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast, or hold tight, hold on tight, to the confession of our hope without wavering. Hold on tight to the promise. Don't waver. Don't get blown around. For he who has promised is faithful. What he's saying is, God that made the promise that caused you to ask is going to perform the promise. So between the beginning and the conclusion, stand fast in faith and hold on to the promise of God. Let me put it this way. Stop giving up. See, here's what happens. Well, man, it's been, it's been two weeks ago I asked, and I haven't seen anything happen yet. And I thought God was going to do that. It's been two weeks, and I don't know what to do. So I'm going to go out and find a way to fix this myself. And we find ways. Credit cards. How many regretted that one, huh? Well, I can borrow the money, put myself in a deeper hole, or I can go out and make it happen this way or that way. And all the while, what we did was we abandoned our faith. Everybody smile at me. I have abandoned my faith. Because I thought, well, it's not happening fast enough. I give up. I move on to what's next. It's written here for us to learn from. Hold fast to your faith. When your heart was so stirred that you knew God was making that promise and it came alive inside of you and you asked for it there in faith, don't turn loose of the faith that caused you to ask because that same faith is what's going to bring you to the point of reception. Hold fast to that faith. Well, how, how do I do that? How do I do that? Well, let, let me just give you one way. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore we speak. One of the ways that your faith can be encouraged and you will not give up is to talk about the promise of God. Remind yourself over and over again every day, God made that promise. God cannot lie. I have asked. I attached my faith to it. I know the answer is coming. I believe that I'm going to receive. You recite that every single day. You grab hold of that and don't turn loose of it. Don't think about plan B or plan C or plan D. If God said he's going to do it, build your faith on it. Hold on to it. Don't turn loose. Let God perform what he promised. Let him perform it. Talk about it. Talk about it instead. Here's what we talk about. Yeah, I don't know. It's been two weeks. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was just emotion. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe, I, maybe I'm not worthy of that. Maybe I don't deserve it. Or, or maybe Pastor Gary just got me all stirred up. I need to quit listening to him anyway and go to a church that preaches something different. I mean, God doesn't do all that stuff anyway. So, see, we talk ourselves out of faith. And I want you to listen to this. I know there are crazy things that happen in the church world. I know that. 
I've met some crazy people in the church world. Thank God none of them are here today. <laughs> Except up here, maybe. I know crazy things happen in the name of God, but I'm going to tell you something. It says, hold fast your confession of faith. The thing you prayed for and the thing you confessed, I believe God's going to do it. He said, hang on to it. In that period of time while you were waiting, hang on to that profession of faith. Keep talking about what you believe. Keep talking about the promise of God because it builds up your faith. And I'm going to tell you something. You know, the word confession in Scripture simply means to say what God says. Can I tell you something? Whatever you're going through, the best thing you can say is what God says about your situation. Not what Aunt Thelma says, not what Uncle Vern says, not what this person says or that person says or your neighbor, not what anybody says. Say what God is saying about the situation. It'll build your faith and cause you to hang on. Don't turn loose of it. Don't turn loose of your faith. The same faith that started it will carry it on and will see it through. So have faith in God and believe he's going to do what he said he would do. Number two, the second thing that I think we can do is we need to water our faith with praise. Water your faith with praise. In Romans chapter 4, it's talking about Paul's writing about Abraham as an example. And it gives us several things in that passage of Scripture. But Romans 4.20 says this. Abraham did not waver. Remember earlier we talked about wavering? Well, maybe he is. Well, maybe he's. Well, maybe, I, I just, we're told not to waver. Abraham did not waver at the promise of God. He was strong in faith. He didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He didn't fall into doubt and unbelief. Well, how, how did he do that? Remember, he waited 25 years for the promise to come to pass. At 75 years of age, God said, I'm going to give you a son. He said, yeah, but his son didn't come till he was 100. How many of you know it takes a little bit of faith for that one? And by the way, I, I'm, I'm just, if you're looking for somebody to agree with, I'm looking for no more sons, okay? I'm, I, I'm, I'm at a place in life where I don't need any more sons. I've got enough sons there. So I'm not believing for that one. But 25 years of waiting, he never wavered. Why? Tells us why. He was strengthened in faith because he was praising God all along the way. Every time doubts arise, every time you feel like you're starting to question, stop and go back to the promise and start praising God for the promise that he made and start praising God that he's going to fulfill that promise and perform it in due time, in due season, and just keep praising God every single time. Water your faith with praise. And you know when you pray that prayer of faith, it's like planting a seed in the ground. What do you do when you plant a seed in the ground? You water it. You keep water on it. Every day you water it. Praise waters the seeds of faith. It keeps your faith strong. So keep praising your life, thanking God for what he's promised and what he's going to do. Number three, third thing, and, and this is my favorite of, of the four things I'm going to talk about today. Number three, get your feet wet. That's good, isn't it? You know, well, what in the world is that all about? I'm going to tell you. When I ask God for something and he's made a promise and I grab that promise and I ask him, I want to start walking toward the answer. I want to start walking towards the fulfillment of that promise. 
In the Old Testament, there's, there's the story of Israel. And let me walk you through this process because there are two stories I'm going to tell out of this today. When Israel left Egypt, they came to the promised land and they sent 12 spies into the land. The spies came back and 10 of the spies said, oh man, we can't do this. Two of the spies, Caleb and Joshua, said, we can do this. Let's go in and take it. The 10 spies, their doubt was grabbed by the people of Israel and the people of Israel mourned and they wanted to kill Moses. Why did you bring us out here to start with? We can't even go in there and do that. So the, the nation believed what scripture calls the evil report, the doubt. But Caleb and Joshua had a different faith. That's what scripture says. Caleb's faith was different. So you, you see this picture that Joshua and Caleb said, we're not going to give up on what God says. Here's what happened. Everybody in the nation of Israel died in the wilderness. And they went around in circles for 40 years, just wandering around until all the doubters were dead. Then God raised up a new generation along with Caleb and Joshua. And they led the charge into the new land. Okay? 40 years later. Now get this. Spy out the land. They don't get to go in. 40 years later, Moses is dead. Joshua is the new leader. And Joshua and Caleb are leading the people into the land. God says to Joshua, okay, it's time to go. Start walking into the land. And Joshua says, okay, but you know it's rainy season. And we got to cross the Jordan River. And where you've told us to cross, it's almost a mile across that river. It's kind of impossible for these people to get through that river and get through that water. And God says, okay, here's what I want you to do. Tell the priests to pick up the Ark of the, Pre the Covenant, which is the presence of God. Pick up the Ark of the Covenant and go in and just step into the Jordan. And when they get their feet wet and they are all standing in the Jordan, then I will open up the waters and everybody else can cross on dry ground. See, what God said to Joshua was, Go get your feet wet. Start walking towards your answer. See, a lot of us sit back here, but bless God, if it's really God's will, he'll do it. I'm just going to sit here and wait on God. That's not faith. That's not faith. Faith is you ask, and then you believe that you're going to receive. So if you believe you're going to receive, you're not walking that way. You're walking this way. Let me back up for a minute. Do you know why a whole nation of people, a whole generation died in the wilderness? Because they had riverbank religion. We'll sit on the riverbanks and if God does something, we'll go in. If God doesn't do something, we won't go in. A new generation came along and God said, get your feet wet. Now, remember, the priests are saying, you know, you know, if we lose our balance in that mud and that water and we fall into the ark, we could die. It could kill us all. But God said, carry the ark and get your feet wet. And scripture says, when their feet were resting in the Jordan, the waters began to depart and or split one way, then the other way. It backed up all the way to a place called Adam. And then they crossed on dry ground, the whole nation of Israel. Somebody here in that, probably several people in this house today, you need to get up and start walking towards your answer. Quit sitting back at the point of asking and start walking toward the answer. Oh, oh, but there, 
Oh, but it's impossible there. There's water there. There's a river. I can't get across that. Get your feet wet. Get your, you don't have to swim it. Get your feet wet. Let God open up the waters. Now, let me give you one little tagline here, okay? If you're standing in faith and you're believing God for something big, the safest place you can be is knee-deep and impossible. We sit back in a safe place. Well, I don't want to do something like that. People think I'm crazy. Well, God will think you're wonderful if you take steps of faith and get your feet wet. Get your feet wet and start walking into your promised land. God will open up the waters. He'll make the way. Now, there's a man in our church. I won't use his name because I didn't ask his permission to tell this story, although I know he wouldn't care. But there's a man in our church who's now retired. Ten years ago... Well, for many years, actually, he owned an excavation company, a dirt-moving company. He moved dirt, did, you know, preparing lots for building and so forth, not for homes so much, usually for, for large businesses. He put his whole life into his business, had major equipment, a lot of money invested through the years, had a, a lot of employees. He was getting close to retirement age, and he had one little thing left. He needed to make just enough more money to get the retirement set up, and he was ready to retire. Then the recession hit 10 years ago, 12 years ago. There was no work. This man kept his business afloat by spending all of his money and borrowing all that he could to take care of his employees during that season. Amazing story. He sacrificed and sacrificed. The bills kept piling up. It kept looking worse and worse and worse. And he told me what was going on, and we were praying with him. And one day he got a call, and there was a place not far from here. They were getting ready to do a really large project. A lot of acres of grading that had to be done, a lot of dirt moving to be done. They contacted him and said, do you want to bid on this job? Now, keep in mind, there was just no work. Everybody remembers how it was 10 years ago. There just wasn't any work, any building going on. So he went and bid on this job, and he began to pray and said, God, I need this job to save my company and to finish building up my retirement because I'm going to lose everything if something doesn't happen. God, I need a miracle here. He'd never done a job as big as this job in all of his years. They kept telling him, oh, I, we think you're going to get the job. We think you're going to get the job, but it stretched into months, which I think, if I remember correctly, turned into a year or two. In the meantime... He's used his resources. He's about to lose everything. His buildings, his home, everything. He's about to lose it all. But he kept believing God. And one day when it got crucial, this big, tough, rugged man went down and got a bottle of oil. I don't know if it was olive oil or if it was Pennzoil 30. I don't know what it was. But <laughs> he got a bottle of oil and he went down to the property that he'd bid on. And he began to walk around the entrance of that property. It had a fence and it had gates at the property. And he poured that oil on his hand and he went over and began to put it on the gates and put the oil on the gates and said, God, I need a miracle. I've served you my whole life. I've been faithful in giving to you. I've watched out for all the people who work for me and I've just about lost everything. God, I need a miracle. I need this job to come through because you promised to take care of me. You know what he did? He started walking toward the promised land. Everybody else is sitting back at home begging, pleading, crying. He's taking steps of faith into the promised land. Anoints those gates with oil. A few days later, they said, we're ready to start, and you get the job. Now, listen to this. 
It's the biggest job he'd ever done. He said, I started doing this job, and man, I got all my equipment out there, and they're telling me, okay, here's the plan. You've got to haul tons and tons of dirt out of here. So he hauled tons and tons of dirt out there and started getting it all leveled. And then they came back and said, oh, we changed our minds. You need to haul all that dirt back in. He said, that'll cost more. They said, that's fine. So he hauled all the dirt back in, got it all graded. And they said, well, wait a minute. We changed our mind. We're going to change the plan again. You need to haul some more dirt out. So he hauled some more dirt out. That'll cost you more. That's okay. Got it all hauled out. And they said, wait a minute. We're going to change this one more time. Haul that dirt back in. Back and forth, back and forth. When he got finished, it was the biggest job he'd ever done. And when he finished the job, he had the money to get his business totally out of debt, get his retirement in place, and the company moves on today. There's somebody in this house you've been told, well, God's not concerned about that. Somebody has taught you wrong. God is concerned about everything that concerns you. Put it in God's hands and believe him today. Get your feet wet. Go out and do something in God's name and faith. I'm about to get excited here today. Number four, last thing. How many are ready for the last thing? Like, please hurry. No, I'm not going to hurry. But I, Number four. Number four. Stop watching the clock. Stop watching the clock. Remember, it's about a process. It's about a process. Now, let, let me bring you back to the story. Israel, a generation died in the wilderness. Forty years later, Moses is now dead. God raises up Joshua, says, go in and possess the land. The priests carry the ark. They go in and take the land. And then they start conquering one city, one people group at a time. They're going to possess the land. Several battles are fought. After that, now keep in mind, 40 years have passed. Way back here, Caleb, when he came back from the land with, with Joshua, told Moses, he said, Moses, we can take this land. And as a matter of fact, when we take this land, there's one area that I saw. There's this mountain area. It is beautiful. There's a river, a brook that flows there, water for the land. When the time comes, we take this land, can I have that one area? Moses said, sure, it's yours. Forty years later, Moses is dead and gone. They go into the land. Forty years plus a few years have added up. They've conquered the different people in the land. Now God says it's time to divide the land between the tribes of Israel. See, God's got a process. Caleb asked for something back there. It was well over 40 years later that they begin to settle the land and they start dividing the land and Caleb comes to Joshua and says, wait just a minute, wait just a minute. You remember, you remember what I asked Moses for. You remember that he said I could have it, that one area over there by Eskel, that hill, that mountain, that valley area, I claimed that for myself and Moses said it was mine and Joshua said you can have it. 40 plus years later. But they said to Caleb, Caleb, you're not a young man anymore. And there are giants inhabiting that area of the land. And Caleb said, don't worry about that. Me and my family, we will go kill the giants and run them out. God promised us that land. Many years later, they went and inhabited the land and ran the giants out by faith. If Caleb had been on the clock, he would have given up. 
many years earlier. But God had a process. You see, you're in a place right now, you're saying, God, I ask, what's going on here? You're in a process. God's not living on the clock. God's not about time. He's about process. Get off of the clock. Don't watch the clock. Watch the promise of God and stay with the promise of God. But I'm getting older. That's okay. That's all right. If God's promised it, he's going to perform it. But I want it now. Trust God. He knows what he's doing. It's not about time. It's about the process. And Caleb went in and took the very thing that he'd asked God for by faith. Trust God. Trust the process. Get your eyes off the clock. Because Jesus said, whatever you ask, whatever things you're asking for, believe that you receive them, and it'll come to pass. You'll have those things. Faith for asking, faith for believing, faith for receiving. I want to pray for you today. You know where you are in your journey. You know what's going on in your life. I may not know your circumstances. God does. You're on your personal journey. I want to pray with you today. Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I thank you today for your word. Your word is truth. Your promises are forever settled in heaven. They are yes and amen. God, I pray for people in this house today, wherever they are in their journey of faith, don't let us give up. Father, I ask you to use this word today, this message to encourage our faith. Between the asking and the receiving, this is what your word tells us to do. So we're going to accept it and we're going to do it in Jesus' name. We're not going to give up. We're going to hold on to our faith. We're going to water our faith with praise. Father, we're going to get our feet wet and start walking towards the answer. And we're not going to watch the clock. We're going to let you fulfill your process. And in your time, due time, you will cause it to come to pass. Father, it's your job to be God. It's my job to believe you. Father, I ask that you would encourage every person's faith in this house. In Jesus' name. While heads are still bowed for just a moment. Nobody's moving. Nobody's looking around for just one moment. Maybe you're here today and maybe this all sounds wonderful except that you feel like you're on the outside looking in because you're not in relationship with God. Can I tell you, first of all, God loves you. God cares about you. God knows what's going on in your life. He's here to help today. He wants to take you right where you are and start moving you forward one day at a time. God loves you so much, he put his own son on a cross to pay for your sins. And through the blood that was shed by Jesus on the cross, our sins would be washed away. His death brings us life. But God offers forgiveness. He offers grace to us. He gives us the promise of forgiveness of sins. He'll make us his children and then he will give us eternal life. But that promise means nothing unless we accept it by faith. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, well, what do I do next? If your heart is stirring and you feel like God's speaking to you today, all he wants you to do is open your heart with these words and say, God, I need you. I want to learn your ways. I want to follow you. I want to lead you in a prayer right now that will give you an opportunity to do just that. I'm going to ask everybody in the building, pray this prayer right out loud from your heart. Wrap your faith around it.
let God begin to work in your life. Let's pray this prayer. Say, God, I need you. I open my heart to you. Please come into my life. Wash away my sin and my failure. Cleanse me. Make me your child. I accept Jesus as my Savior. I choose Jesus to become the Lord of my life. I will learn your ways and I will follow you. So thank you for receiving me. From this moment forward, you are my father and I'm your child because of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, that's the beginning of your relationship with God. It's not the end, it's just the beginning. And we want to help you start building that relationship with God. So I've got a little booklet called The Next Seven Days. It's just simple reading, a little bit for each day, just some thoughts to help you get started in your relationship with God. When we're finished in just a few minutes, I want to give you this booklet, two ways you can get it. First, we'll have prayer teams here at the front of the building. They're here to pray with anyone about any need. If you just come up to one of these teams and say, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you right there, no strings attached. If you've got questions, they'll answer your questions. If you want prayer for something else, they'll pray with you. If you just want to get it and go, that's fine with us. We want to help you simply start building your relationship with God. Now, if you're in a really big hurry or you're really bashful, as you leave the building today, right in the middle of the glass doors where you came in, there's a counter set up there with a the sign that talks about beginning your relationship and your walk with God. Stop there and just say, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you there. Same booklet, no, no strings attached. We want to help you get started walking with God. We welcome you today into God's family. Can we put our hands together and welcome new believers to God's family today? As my wife is coming, let me say one last thing. I leave tonight for India. I'll be gone 12 days. I ask you to keep me in your prayers. It's going to be a great trip. I'm going to be speaking at men's conferences and some churches and so forth. It's going to be a great trip, but keep me in your prayers. I would appreciate it so very much. Give my lovely wife a good hand. Well, what a great service this has been. Great message. It's just so good being in God's house together this morning. We're so glad you're here. You know, this is the time in our service when we worship God with our giving. And as Pastor Gary just said, he is getting ready to go to India and Nepal. And, you know, as we prepare to give, I just want to share with you what he'll be doing while he's there. He's doing three different men's conferences in different cities. And then on the heels of each of those conferences, he's also doing pastors and leaders trainings. And it's so exciting when we stop to think about the fruit that comes from these conferences and these trainings. Because these pastors and leaders, they come from all over for these meetings. And then they are equipped. And then they go back into their villages and their churches and they're able to reach so many more people for Jesus. There's so much eternal fruit that comes from the ministry that's going to take place there over these next 12 days. And you know, he may be the one who's going, but we all can have a part in that ministry that's going to happen 
through our giving. Because the Bridge Church helps sponsor these men's conferences and the leadership trainings, helps bring in the men, put them up while they're there. So as you give this morning, just be encouraged and know that your giving is making a difference. Not only is your giving impacting people here locally in this Temecula Valley, your giving is making an immediate difference over these next 12 days and and making an eternal difference in two nations, India and Nepal. So God bless you as you give. And as the ushers come to receive this morning's offering, if we could just ask that everyone remain seated while they come, that would be so greatly appreciated. And let's check out our church news together. everyone, my name is Adrienne. Welcome to The Bridge. We are thrilled that you and your family are here with us. If you are here today for the first time, we want to give you a special welcome and say thanks for spending your Sunday with us. We would love to meet you today and help you get connected here in the church. So take a look at church news and see what's coming up at The Bridge. Then we'll be right back to tell you how you can get involved. Connecting Point is coming up very soon on Sunday, November 11th at 6 p.m. You might be wondering, what is Connecting Point? Well, if you are new to the church and you're looking to find out more about the vision and the heartbeat of the bridge, Connecting Point is the place to come. Maybe you've been a part of the bridge for a while now and you're ready to take your next steps and serve somewhere in the church. We ask everyone who wants to serve to come to Connecting Point. Or maybe you haven't quite put your roots down yet, but you feel like it's time to say, the bridge is my home church. Connecting Point is the place for you. We want to meet you and help you take your next steps in church life. So make your plans to be here on November 11th at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all kids infant through fifth grade. We also have complimentary coffee and snacks. This is a casual evening that lasts about one hour, and we would love for you to come. Just sign up at the Connection Center before you go today, or go to our website, thebridgechurch.tv, to register. And we hope to see you at Connecting Point on Sunday, November 11th. is a great opportunity for us as a church to build bridges in our community and extend the love of Christ to our neighbors. If you would like to be a part of Fall Fest, there are several areas that you can serve in. Just stop by the Connection Center after service and sign up. Or visit our website, thebridgechurch.tv, and click on the Fall Fest banner if you'd like to serve at this community event. to do our best to help you get connected in church life. 
If you made a decision to follow Christ today, please come and get your free copy of the next seven days from one of our prayer teams or at the next seven days desk before you go. We want to help you take your next steps in your walk with God. For info on anything else, you can check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. Thanks again for being in church with us today. We love spending Sundays with you. We are excited about the upcoming Fall Fest, and we just want to encourage you to grab a stack of invitation cards from the Connection Center before you go today. Take them with you, pass them out, spread the word. It's going to be a great, great night. And then also, ladies, I am so excited about tomorrow night. It's our first Monday night edition of Bridge Women this season. Hope to see you there. Bring your junior high and high school daughters. Bring all the women in your world. It's going to be a great night. For more details, you can pick up a Bridge Women card from the Connection Center or check out the details on our website. And also, if we have a few men in the place today who wouldn't mind just hanging out for 15, 20 minutes or so and making your way over to the Youth Center, we would love to have your muscle, your help setting up the Youth Center for the event tomorrow night. Thank you so much. We'd really appreciate that. Well, it has been a great morning together. We hope you have Sorry to interrupt. Awesome day. We have one other thing that we want to do real quick. And um, hi, you can stand right here with me. Um, we surprised them big time first service, and right now they're just playing along and acting like they didn't know they were going to be surprised. <laughs> pastor Gary, would you come and join us right now? How many people are grateful for your pastors? I know that I am, and today is a very special occasion, and um, many of you wouldn't even know about it. Not just today, really this month. The month of October in 2018 is a very, very uh, landmark time in the history of our church because as of October 2018, Pastor Gary and Pastor Ann have been the senior pastors of the bridge for 10 years this month. You know, Scripture says in Romans that we are to give honor where honor is due. And i got to be really honest with you guys. They don't like this. Um, <laughs> they don't want this. They, they always say when it comes to occasions, we don't want to be noticed, recognized, honored, and please, no gifts. That's pretty much what they make very clear to us. But I'll tell you what, it would be absolutely wrong if we didn't take time to honor them today. Um, I did this last service, and I got a little bit choked up. I'm family, so I, I excuse, you know, I have the right to cry here, but... Um, I just wanted to say very, very quickly, I know that many of you have had unique experiences with Pastor Gary and Pastor Ann that involve your personal life. But for me personally, I will never forget as long as I lived 10 years ago when they were on staff uh, at Cottonwood Church and living in Huntington Beach. I was in Bible college in Sydney, Australia, and my dad called me on the other side of the world. And he said, or I said, what are you doing? And he says, we're packing up the house. And I said, why are you packing up the house? And he says, we're moving. We're moving from, from Huntington Beach back to Marietta. And I said, why in the world would you want to do that? And he said, Pastor Roger and Pastor Evie are retiring, and they feel like God's calling us to come and take the church, and we've been praying about it, we've been talking about it, and we feel like it's the right thing too. And here we are 10 years later, and I would say, amen, it was absolutely the right thing, and that God knew what he was doing all along. So we only have a couple of really small tokens of appreciation and thank you and congratulations today. But before we give these over to them and allow them to say something, we actually have a few friends who sent us some videos to say hello and congratulations this morning. So take a moment to look at the screens today.
Hey there, Bayless Conley here on behalf of myself, Janet and Cottonwood Church, Gary and Ann, we just wanted to say, way to go. A decade faithfully serving the flock there at the bridge. We are so proud of you and they've done such a great job. It's an honor to serve on your board. And uh, listen, Janet and I esteem your friendship very highly. We love you guys. We love the church there at the bridge. We love the whole team. So we want to say way to go to you guys, way to go to the entire team and the whole church at the bridge. Ten years with Pastor Gary and Pastor Ann at the helm. You have a very, very bright future. God bless. Hello, Bridge family. It's a blessing today to express my heartfelt appreciations to Pastors Gary and Pastor Ann on their 10-year ministry at the Bridge Church. It thrills my heart and blesses my life to realize that what God started all those years ago, 30 plus years ago now with Pastor Roger and Pastor Evie, he is continuing through Pastor Gary and Pastor Ann. It blesses my heart to see God doing that and to know that what we didn't know then, God knew and uh, the plan continues. So thank you guys for your faithful commitment to the plan of God. And we look forward to what God has in store uh, for this church in years to come. But now we say thank you for 10 amazing, wonderful, faithfully committed years. May God bless you as God I know is blessing our church. Pastors Gary and Ann, congratulations on 10 fantastic years of ministry at the bridge. We honor you today. Wish we were there to celebrate with you. In fact, we offer congratulations to all of you, being a unified church with one vision, reaching many, many people and many more to come. We're grateful today to have you in our lives, to be friends with you, and we're celebrating you today. We love you, Gary and Ann. You're just wonderful friends. You've been great friends to us, and we're so grateful and honored that you're in our life that we can call you friends and we love the bridge church we always love being there you're a great church it's so exciting to see what god has done the past 10 years and 10 years moving forward just believe greater things to come and so we honor all of you today did you know that gary and ann have been at the bridge church for 10 years oh my goodness we should congratulate them well, don't you think we should congratulate the church for having put up with them and stuck with them for 10 long years? For goodness sake. Pastors Gary and Ann, our dear friends, we want to congratulate you on a job well done so far. You've blessed the church, and I know that you're going to continue to do so as you carry on. Yeah, really, we consider it a privilege to know you guys, to know the church, to have been a part of this journey. And Bridge Church, you are so blessed to have Gary and Ann, and you guys are just beginning to see all that God has in store for you as you continue to change the world for his glory. Congratulations, Gary and Ann. Love you guys. Awesome. Can we stand to our feet and honor our pastors this morning and thank them and congratulate them for 10 strong years here at the Bridge?
Well, a couple of things, and come on out here. Um, this has been the joy of our lives the last 10 years. It's been the 10 best years of my life. And it's just been amazing to see what God has done here, what he's continuing to do. And I like that these guys who spoke all talked about the future because God's not finished with any of us yet. And we just want you guys to know that we love you so much. You wonder why I preach from my heart the way I did this morning and why I'm so straightforward. I want you guys to grow in faith and experience everything God has for you. So until God's finished with me, I'm going to stay right here. What is going to keep moving forward together? We love you guys. Yes, we do. And we are so thankful that God has brought us here. There is no place we'd rather be. And it is the joy and honor of our lives to be here in this place as pastors and just to be able to do life with you and, and to be family with you. We love you so much. So with all of that said, God bless you. We love you. Have a great, great Sunday. Men, help us out in the youth center if you could. Set up for tomorrow night. Have a great week. God bless you.